Full Metal RPG. I'm Richie Buzzkill. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a long weekend, and it's time. Oh wait, it, you'll be listening to this after that. Haha, <laughs> Time is funny. It's a flat circle. Uh, <laughs> but I've got my good good friend, good good friend back again. We fixed his audio problems. We both <laughs> feel bad about that. I got Rob, Terrible. Rob back from England. How you doing, Rob? I'm good, thank you. Do you know, this might come out just in time for our big weekend. So the next weekend, we've all got four days off because of the uh, the jubbly. So we all get to uh, we all get to pretend that we like the Queen for a couple of days, just so we don't have to go to work. Oh right, right, yeah. Oh yes, the yeah. Queen. Yes, I, I will totally take those days off. Uh, yeah, can we should. just continuously play "God Save the Queen"? Uh, all week, over and over again, all weekend. Over and over, it's all we do. It's all we do. We're just going to stand there and and with our mustaches and our big hats. And we're not. I'm actually traditionally I would leave the country during an event like this. Uh, however, this year leaving the country is quite difficult, so we're just going to drive somewhere instead and try and get away from the weirdos with the Union Jack hats on. Yes. Oh, they actually wear Union Jack hats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's very much. We, oh, we've become got... very American. We've become very Americanized. Yeah, and, I thought uh, you guys were better wear. than that. <laughs> no, Union Jack hats, bow ties, cummerbunds, uh, waistcoats, Ooh. everything, everything. You know, the, uh, just no, it's not good. Not my, not my time of year, basically. Oh yeah, the uh, the nationalism swells again. Anyways, yeah. uh, but I do, I do uh, envy you having a, a a a leader that is the person that they can look at that has no power and worship and then not have uh the other you know the person in power you can all throw mud pies at so i i, yeah. I do i do appreciate that uh in some ways uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd rather do with that i mean ideally we have these days off and then she dies and then we get some time off for the big funeral and then we get time off for the next one to be put on the seat so that's the ideal now so yeah, you know, well, Lee, I mean, Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. Where are you when we need you? Any minute now. Any minute now. So <laughs> Jubilee, yeah. and then the other two things, like right in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boom, 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 bang, bang, bang. She, to be honest, she's probably already dead. Probably just a sock puppet. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on that. By the way, I've, I've, yeah. I've engaged our friend, uh, the puppet maker, Alex, and, and I've, I've put a number out, but he did not respond. So either that was uh, very offensive, or uh, he's yeah. working on it at, diligently as we speak. So, the branded <laughs> puppet may or may not show up at some point. It's gonna uh, be so good. <laughs> so have you, have you been playing? I know you know. We hear from you occasionally on Realm of Fire. I'm hearing that yeah. that, that train is getting back on the tracks. As, yes. Uh, but uh, you, that, that'll that come in time. But have you been playing yeah. any uh, role-playing stuff recently? Yeah, friend? a lot less. I think as doors are opening and people are actually meeting up again, um, miniature wargaming is taken to the front. Um, but I've still got my regular group and I've been playing. Um, I ran a Vampire Chronicle for the first quarter of this year. Uh, Vampire the Requiem, all set in ancient Rome, um, and we did the first we had three months of that weekly, which is quite an intense thing to GM, really, storytell, sorry, you don't GM vampire, yeah. to storytell, and that was really enjoyable. I'm an ancient archaeologist, I used to do ancient history and archaeology, so getting to use all my Rome knowledge was great fun. That's now gone on hiatus for a bit, planned hiatus, and then mm. when all the uh, next time we pick it up, it's going to be 50 years in the future to see what the what effects the coterie had on the future of Rome, and particularly on the Emperor Commodus and his legacy. Very, very nice. I, I, I really appreciate the flexibility of time of Vampire. Yeah. Like, yeah. being able to, like, okay, you guys have all set fire to a lot of shit. <laughs> mm. We're going to let those fires burn out, and we're going to see yeah. what the reaction to the environment is. Yeah. I'm going to come up with a reaction and then we'll move on. But yeah, that's exactly what happened. An event happened. I saw how they reacted to it. Now let's see in 50 years. And the plan with this group is basically do this 
after this story, move on to Byzantium, um, using the fall of Byzantium stuff, then do a Vampire Dark Ages game with them, basically just to take that. And it might not be the same character, you know, the, 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 a kindred may get staked, but their sire can then, sire, can, the yeah. next one, you know what I mean? Yeah, Childer. Um, Childer, that's it. So yeah, that's the idea, just keep it as an ongoing one. And then after that, we've been playing Dark Ship, which is a hack of Mothership and Cthulhu Dark. Basically, incredibly rules light. Um, something we'll go back to as the main sort of subject of this episode. Um, and we started, and it was meant to be, I think, at first, the atmosphere was very alien like. However, it actually quickly spiraled into one of those, you know like 90s anime kind of like man um akira or fist of the north star really violent really horrible death stuff uh one of our characters got cut in half by a laser uh, another one just got torn to pieces and then the the setting is we're on a colony ship so thankfully there's a whole bunch of characters in stasis ready to be <laughs> to be woken and fed to the uh the, the enemy um so it's got very violent very quickly um, which has been great fun. Oh, that that sounds rad. So you, it went from being suspense to just like, okay, this is a grinder here. Who who is going yeah. next into this grinder? I I yeah. really appreciate that '90s anime reference because that is my era of anime, and right. I I you know Ninja Scroll and all those like uh, <laughs> Demon Sage Shinjuku and all these like weird. It, it had this weird edge to it that you do not yeah. see anymore. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not that, that same way, but yeah, I'm not that in, in an anime, but when I think of it, I think of bubblegum crash and bubblegum crisis and ghost in the machine. And so that kind of just gunfire, people getting torn to pieces by bullets kind of thing that it very much turned into that with player characters dying. Um, but not too much. A nice low. It just sounds like a silly thing to say, but a good level of character death, not, paranoia level of oh he's dead oh he's dead yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly no literally i think out we started before i think two of the original are dead i think a third's on their way out so it's not stupid but it's you know enough to make you you will get cut in half for that thing you will get cut in half so that's fun we're coming to the end of that and then we're back on to salt marsh my only D&D game I've ever played in my life. Uh, we're going to play, we're playing the 5e Saltmarsh book. I think it is 5e and the uh, app doing that. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember, I remember uh, being on with uh, Adam and Brendan and roasting the mm. shit out of that book. Like, so it, it, it's, I tell you what, it's strange. Like the first, I'm about to say episode, the first um, story, the sort of the haunted house is very odd. It's very feels like you should be running it as Scooby Doo, not as a party of adventurers. It's, right, it's, yeah. it's very odd. Like it felt strange for heavily armored people just walking around being like Zoiks. Oh no, Scooby! What? What yeah, are we gonna yeah. stick stick my sword in this time? Like yeah, like it was good fun because I really like my group. Got very, I've got I'm very blessed because we've got a group where everyone wants to GM at some point, which amazing and everyone as players goes in knowing they're going to have to gm at some point so everyone contributes and everyone helps you know what i mean like so it's a really really fantastic group to have so i'm very uh, pleased with that yeah that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun um mm. i think what we mostly roasted that book about was the ship rules but uh <laughs> oh yeah we don't we don't really use that's that's why that's why I was thinking. It's like knowing you, knowing the conversation yeah. we're about to have, I'm yeah. fairly certain that you're not using the terrible part of that book. If, if we are, I don't know because the, that's all behind the GM's Wizard of Oz like curtain. But we haven't. We've had one boarding action, and that was just basically a, a fight. So I don't know. I, as far as I'm aware, no, we haven't had any ship stuff. And I'm sure it'll be ignored. Right. It it made it had it all. The ships had hit points, and they had certain sizes. And uh, certain crews, no, definitely not. Man. All this. Right. It, uh, it was like, wait, are you five e or are you two e with a, ter you know, like two e yeah. with bad a bad supplement? Like it was, yeah. it was bad. What's but, the faco of a warship? Like, <laughs> I mean, the the honest answer to faco of a warship is five or less. <laughs> oh, okay. Because you're going to hit it. 
if you're close, close. enough, right? It's yes. it's only yeah. the distance modifier. Now, whether you get through the hull of a warship, yeah, it actually, you know, D and D started at least the combat was from a, a, mm, a, a warship. War, well, no, even before that, the Thaco and hit points oh. was from a, a battleship. It was a battleship simulator. So was that the one that's called? It's got a terrible name, like "Don't Give Up the Ship." Or yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. That's that, yeah. that's where the hit points and 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 oh, armor class came from. Was that terrible? That. That's what I read. Now yeah, I'm I'm no someone, scholar. Someone of will the, correct. Someone please, will correct. someone come on the Discord and correct yeah. me. I it's been the a ghost, little while. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the ghost of Arneson will will be be on his way to you immediately. Well, he'd have to look through his notes and find the answer, and yeah. no one's going to find anything in his notes. So, like, <laughs> send a badly typed letter to you. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> spelling mistakes. I don't understand. Well, speaking yeah. of the yes. heritage of D and D, right? Yeah, it's almost great, like we great, do uh, podcasts and segues. segues. Yeah, D and D kind of came from the wargaming tradition that mm-hmm. kind of started with Kriegspiel, right? Yeah. The the, yeah. the I mean, everybody. I'm sure the the Babylonians had war games, right? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. this was the Germans uh, developing kind of a tool to teach their, mm-hmm. and of course they made it overly complicated. And then they went, cool. oh, wait, this doesn't work because the all these yeah. tables aren't as fluid. So they added a game master, mm-hmm. <laughs> a yeah. judge. A, a GM literally of someone mastering the game. Right. And that was how Kriegspiel and then Kriegspiel became the basis for the mid-century revival of war games, right? Yeah, yeah. And then that became the basis for D&D and the rest of role-playing games. And 40 years later, we're back. (laughs) We are. We are. We uh, we come full circle and go. God, tables are annoying. Yeah. <laughs> God, 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 these are annoying. Yeah, it's it's basically. But you brought you mentioned. Yes. You're the first person that mentioned this, as I recall, to me. Okay. So I kind of like tell me how you found this and kind of like a little bit of, from what your perspective this is. Absolutely. So this we're talking about FKR, the Free Kriegspiel Revival or Revolution, because like OSR, it's probably got a hundred of different things yet. (laughs) So let's just call it FKR for the moment, but it stands for Free Free Kriegspiel Revival Revolution. You choose. And I came across this talking to um, other people on actually Discord for another podcast. Sorry to plug another podcast, but the Grognard Files, Ah, which is one of my favourite podcasts, which is Dirk talking very gently in a lovely Cholton accent. Cholton. Bolton, I think. Bolton accent about... um, Roleplay games. But anyway, there's a few people on there, particularly one guy by the name of Sean T. Smith, who, shout out to him, he's a great guy, does a lot of good stuff, and he was talking about these games that he runs in that style. So I thought, well, that sounds cool. Google, 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 what is FKR? And yeah, basically, it seems to be a collection of Tumblr posts um, and blog ideas. And there's no, there's no central repository. There's no, no one has said this is what it is. Very much like OSR, there's no central location. There is a very active Discord, but the owner's a bit mad. No, no, mad's not. I shouldn't say that. The owner is uh, gone a bit anti-vaxxer, anti-SJW kind of thing. So I was like, I'm out. (laughs) No, thanks. Uh, I'm out. Um, So it's mainly just a collection of ideas and blog posts. If you just type in FKR, you will find rule sets because there are hundreds of them because FKR basically takes Wargaming back to that Kriegspiel idea where the rules are out the way. Now, that's not to say the rules don't matter because the rules and the dice and the, 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 the effects of fate are incredibly important. But what it goes away from is, like the Prussian generals of the 19th century, rather than going, okay, this battalion's attacking a, attacking a hill, plus 10% success rate because they're attacking a hill, plus 15% for their training, minus 16% because it's raining, throw some percentage dice to see what happens, Instead, and you know, work out the modifiers. You remember those lists of modifiers you used to get in 80s RPGs? It's gone back to the games master going, What do you want to do? Oh, I want to attack that hill. Okay, with your troops and the situation, I'm going to say you've got a 70% chance of being successful. Throw you throw the dice, 
and you live by the dice, this is essential for FKL. You cannot fudge dice rolls. If you fudge dice rolls, you're just playing tell a story, which is fine. If that's what you want to do is just tell a story, Everway is still a popular game. Go play Everway. Um, but if you, if you just want to tell a story, this is not it. This does require the GM to be very fair, to be very, okay, this is what you want to do. This is the situation. Here's what you need to get. Maybe you use 2d6. Arneson used to use 2d6, and it would be a roll of, you know, roll on that. Maybe use d20. Maybe, you know, it's up to you. Maybe it's percentage. Maybe it's basic role play style. And you say, I think you've got a 40% chance of doing this. But you have to have that thing that gives a an answer, basically. You can't just say, I want to do it. Yeah, okay. Because then you are just telling the story. Um, but that is it. That is literally it. Back to that. The players say what they want to do. The GM says, you know, okay, well, this is what I think your thing is. And then the players can always say a bit like, well, you know, I'm a rogue, so I'm used to climbing rooftops, etc. You know, there's a lot of toing and froming and negotiating. But then at some point, the GM will say, no, this is what you need to roll. The player rolls, and you take it from there. And that, that I've just described both the philosophy uh, and the rules for most FKR games of your, your classic game, but that's the philosophy behind it all. Right. And and, and that sounds, I mean, it's ki- secret is kind of what most of the time when I'm running OSR, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But also, like, it, it, it sounds very freeing, mm-hmm. but not for everybody. <laughs> no, very because much not. Not for those people that like, oh, well, I have to, I'm trying to optimize everything. I'm trying, it's like, this is, every ruling is based on the situation is completely different, right? Because you're not the GM. I'm sure that the games might encourage the GM to be consistent, but Mm -hmm. that is a practical impossibility when you don't have these kind of, unless the game master wants to write something down. Like, yeah, absolutely. And it's very much a different type of game in that there'll be no character progression really. Um, you 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 can do some if you wanted to, but it's very much more like you're playing a Conan. So you know, like you'd read a Conan story and you'd read the next short story, and you weren't even sure when this one was set. Was it before or after? Then you read the next one, and you're like, well, didn't he have a? Didn't he lose an eye in the last one? And you know, you you're flicking back. It's very much that kind of. <laughs> Fafford and the Grey Mouse. Yeah. Uh, if you think of them as your adventures are going to be the, those little stories from magazine, from pulp magazines, and you're going to have the same characters, maybe if they survive, and you'll go through. But it's very much not. Oh, I'm doing this to get money and to get this level and this XP and this advancement. It may be that you do. You can do very simple advancement in terms of okay, say you are a thief and you steal a dagger of a magical dagger, then the GM should then keep that into account. You know, later on when you're trying to stab a a guard, you might say, well, I've got my magical dagger still. Oh, right. Okay. Instead of a 15 or more, you need a 13 or more, you know, kind of thing. Right. Or, or, I mean, it's more about, it's kind of what I always like those old adventure games on the PC where it's all text-based and you're trying to like, you've got your lists of equipment and other garbage you've picked up along the way. And, and you're just going to like, oh, yes, I hit him with my magical dagger, uh, yes. you know, and that will change the outcome of the command you've input into the system, right? Yeah. That's the sort yeah. of thing. It, exactly that. And you might not know what that's you, – you can't max it oh, – sorry, you can't math it, really, that you know your dagger will plus two. It is actually up to the GM to say, okay, I will give you a modifier on that. You know, there isn't, that black dagger will not be a black dagger plus two. It will just be the magical dagger of the wizard that you stole. And then the GM can decide whether it's better against the undead. Maybe it's useless against the undead. You know, it it all grows from that kind of thing. Or even the game master has a plan for the black dagger. That is yeah. part of the story that the game master is trying to tell, right? That 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 the reason the black dagger is good against X versus Y in this yeah. situation, or this situation is dependent upon the story that the game master is trying to tell. Very much say, so. uh, very much so. I think a good way of thinking about it, if it all sounds a bit weird and hippy dippy, is it's almost a amalgamation of OSR of 
play the rulings, not the rules. And, you know, the OSR games have very minimal rules, really. It's, I want to do something dexterous, roll against your dexterity. Um, mixed with Powered by the Apocalypse style game of tell the story, let the fiction drive the story. So it is almost, in a way, you're taking two things that for a lot of people are diametrically opposite. I don't believe they are, but a lot of people do think they are. And trying to get that Venn diagram of, right, let's tell the story but have the rules, and the rules are essential. As I say, you cannot fudge dice. You need that factor. You need to have that. You're either successful or you're not, because otherwise you aren't playing a game. But it doesn't need to be much more than that, because we're intelligent people. Intelligent, you know, if you just say, I am a barbarian, as a GM, I can easily say, okay, well, I'm going to give you bonuses on strength-based things. You know, I don't need a, all right, what's your athletics? What's your brawn? What's your might? What's your jumping? What's your climbing? You how, know, how terrible! Like... How terrible do you roll on your stats? Like how yeah, terrible yeah, yeah. did you? But like the thing about OSR that it, mm-hmm. it sort of wanders back into rules encyclopedia territory. Like you just look mm-hmm. at old school essentials and some of these other like more broader systems that are very very popular right now. That they cover all these situations, and and that's great if that's what you want but like this is kind of like taking that like oh it really wasn't a, a linear continuum it was a mm-hmm. circle right that that yeah. the, the narrative control and and crunchiness of rules is a circle and this just yeah. happens to be on the exact where those two things meet right? yeah i think so i think all the yeah it's almost a spiral in this case where it's gone in between osr and uh and uh oh it's gone very trigonometry hasn't it um, <laughs> sorry but yeah but yeah because if you think about say powered by the apocalypse games they're very much throw two dice and try and get eight or more right like that that's the that's the, the or is it nine or more you know what i mean though it's yeah. very much for for 2d6 try and get high yep the, exactly there are, yeah and there's consequences like, for not doing that and there's even more consequences yeah. for doing even less than that like yeah but you don't even need, you know, as a GM, when the, when someone needs a 13 or more to succeed and they roll a 12, how often do you go, oh, okay, so you didn't succeed, but I'm going to give you like a, you know, you were just off kind of thing. Like that's just a natural reaction, right? You don't, you don't need that codified. You, you might go, no, yes or no, but that's not what life's like. So you might just be like, okay, so you shot, but you it literally deflected off the uh, the, the castle wall next to him. And then, you know, and he ducks his head. So he didn't hit. But at least you got a little effect. You know, you don't need that codified. Yeah. And, and that's what FKR does. It can, it can be very dynamic because <laughs> you're just talking between two people. There is literally almost no pieces or book paper that are books that had to be consumed to, no. to like get these this communication going. And I, I really appreciate that. So that's that's it sounds yeah. fantastic. So. I, I, I tell you what, I picked it up a lot more as well because I recently did a um chat on the dm's book club uh run by my friend fiona she she sort of covers different supplements and things you might bring into your games of 5e D, and we talked about blackmore um and of course if you talk about blackmore you talk about dave arneson and his rules were basically fkr the rules were everyone had 2d6 and he would give you a number to roll you know it really was just a case of i want to do this okay roll you know eight or more roll it you know that's yeah. it as much as a chaos agent from what i understand he was this this sounds yeah. like the perfect version of his system and the fact is that 2d6 is those are the dice you could get you couldn't get a d20 you couldn't get yeah. a d10 like this was yeah. these are the dice you had so like yeah. what more do you what more do you need like yeah it's wonderful it's such a wonderful sort of freeing system because you do just realize there's a lot of role-playing games that i like where I just drop the rules quite quickly. Um, I like I like target number games. I do like a, I need this, roll the d20, maybe plus one, maybe plus two, that'll do. So this suits me down to the ground. But I do think we, we almost rely on the rules in the books too much as role players because we want to see what the effects of a torch is in darkness. Does that give me a plus one to my bow shot or a plus two to my bow shot? It's a torch in darkness. You know, it's like, who knows? And you're relying on the person that wrote the book to know that any more than you do. And they're not. You know, the people behind the curtains, the people that write these games are just us. 
they're not yeah. experts in military combat and stuff like that. They're yeah, just us. I mean, and it's worse if they are because they're yes. trying to bring too much to the table. And yeah. also, like, how many people have actually gone? I mean, they've written a dungeon crawler and haven't even just gone into a cave, right? Yeah. Because if you've gone into like a legit like gigantic cave, mm-hmm. it is. It is a mind blowing experience, especially if they if it's not lit with electrical lights. Like it is yeah. just like this, like alterate altering your perception. Like, yeah. and this is really hard to codify. So this is why I think that this uh, FKR thing sounds yeah. like a well, we neither of us really know, but we can make it what we yeah. want and code it. You know, yeah. And I mean, if the Prussian military can't codify an attack up a hill by a known factor of say a prussian infantry battalion no one knows how hard it is to hit a carrion crawler while in a, a cave of unending ooze you know like, right we're all just making that up and yes you you know at that point the the, the modifiers you're given are, are bollocks anyway you know you might be using them as a as a, as a something to go from which is great but to live and die by that is almost ridiculous because you're sort of going well no torches will only ever give a plus one what who knows just roll just roll i mean it it it, you could be fighting something that has is very burnable like or you you know the, your yeah. t- torch can just go out and you're done and <laughs> yeah and, it be- and so much you will find so much sparks off from then that kind of so we went we, before we we're talking about that dagger of the wizard okay cool and it but it's better against undead okay well th- that then rises the question why you know and then you know then you discover that the wizard was working on almost anti-necromancy spells kind of thing and then that, that's a whole you know story there and you find that as you have to start making up and i'm using bunny ears here um rules and situations and reasons you get the cool stories because that's how storytellers did it. You know, think of um, Star Wars. Obi-Wan Kenobi disappears when he gets hit by a lightsaber. You never find out why in the first film, but it doesn't matter. It tells you a cool story and immediately it spins off that story that you want to know about. That could, And that's just a cool little thing. You know, like those little things just spin off the best stuff, really. Yeah, I, I feel like that, that they didn't really even know at that point. Like what was, I think, they, first of all, they didn't want to do the special effect. of him getting cut in half one second of all i don't think they knew at the time and it took them like 30 it took him like 35 to 40 years to figure it out yeah oh yeah here's here's my here's my completely not related but controversial opinions the people that complained about the new sequels not having any directional consistency weren't paying attention to the original films because they are making up as they go along. <laughs> like, that is 100% just, oh, you're, you're with siblings now? And you weren't a fighter pilot? I, I don't know what's going on anymore. This is all just lies. <laughs> this is all just lies. Yeah. It, this makes... I mean, it was a tightening spiral, I think, as they went along. Yeah. But... Uh, initially well, yes, it was like whatever yeah. <laughs> yeah whatever and that's that i think is the fkr feeling of yeah go for it let's do this thing and it's important i think there is a differentiate i think what fkr can really work well in is actually a really established setting it's not actually that good to do a okay let's make this world up as we go along it is a bit it is good for that because most games are but actually, when you start tying it to a real setting, and again, I'm using bunny ears here, it becomes easier for the GM and easier for the players because you could FKR Middle Earth. And if you're playing Middle Earth, that immediately gives the GM something to aim at because it's easier to punch a Hobbit than it is to punch a Ranger of the North. So, you know, it actually, even if these <laughs> things are made up, it's good tied to something that you have a bit of familiarity with because then you can really start sort of working out those odds a bit better. They're never going to be perfect. The odds are never going to be perfect. And sometimes you get behind the range of the North and give the punch. So you get that boat, but you know what I mean? It gives you that framework. So I don't think it should be sort of mistaken for a, okay, this is a game with no rules, no setting, no nothing. Let's go fully gonzo. Which, which you which might just really, go off too far. Really go yeah. back to, you know, the game master writing a, a, a game and knowing their setting or even doing like 
uh, a decima or one of these uh, deck, uh, one of these um, microscope or something where you're building a world, yeah. right? And then yeah. everybody, I prefer the collaborative world building before mm-hmm. some, this idea because yes, the yes, a uh, a setting is going to be fine, but I don't have not read the setting nearly as much as the game master mm-hmm. or uh, the, who wrote it initially. So like having figuring that out myself, like I'm really exploring this setting. If you said yeah. Lord of the Rings, okay, I I know a lot until Tom Bombadil shows up and then I threw the book over my shoulder. Like well, the best bit, Adillo. Uh, Tom Bombadil. This is like just bit. like rip those pages out, and I probably would have finished that book. Anyways, <laughs> I do agree. Actually, I love a world building session with everyone. Just right. Think, I, I think that your session zero is just world building. It's the best. Yeah. thing. I think that would be highly recommended for these kind of games is at least even if you're running an established thing, having some sort of like initial spark building, whether it, you know, whatever the collaborative session would be, because I think that without that, you're right. It's sort of like, and it's sort of the complaint I think a lot of people had about um, Dungeon World. In right. the fact that, like, oh, well, th- anytime they make a move, they can make these ridiculous claims that I have to yeah. deal with later. It's like, well, yeah, but you didn't really have any established fiction in the first yeah. place. So, like, maybe that's why it's a problem. Yeah, very much. I think it's very important for all players to accept as well that the GM is also that umpire and he, they always have the right to say no. And it is the umpire's final decision. Um, I, I, I just think that is essential because there will be times they just need to say, no, we can't have teleporting devices. You know, we can't do this. We can't just because, and you need to accept that as a player and not whine about it. And I'm not being all kind of sit down and know your role, but that's part of the social contract. That if you are developing a world, the umpire needs someone or someone needs to have the final say, because otherwise... You know, it's Lord of the Rings, but somehow the Eagles can take you to Mordor because they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to. It's not difficult to read the books. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but it's a you, funny joke. It's a funny joke. Come it's on. Terrible joke. It's the Bazinga <laughs> of the twenty first century. <laughs> uh, wait, it wasn't Bazinga twenty first yeah, century. Anyway, yeah. never, mind, never mind. I yeah. I hate that show with a the thousand burning sun passion. Yeah. Anyway, uh yes. So but what if we were to say uh, do a scene in FKR as an example of this? Yeah. Well, let's do that right now. So I've got an idea in my head. I'm, I've got an idea, and then we're going to riff as far as we want. So I'm going to use, in terms of the rule set, and that's a very, very uh, loose term, sword and backpack. Yes. Yeah. Sword and backpack is available on itch. It's five dollars. Uh, encourages you to get a little moleskin diary and stick all your bits in. Make your own little adventurer's journal. But it basically comes down to a d20 roll in it, and its character creation is very simple. Uh, you pick one of three classes: warrior, rogue, or wizard. And Richard, you've gone for Wh- uh, warrior. Good because I didn't want to explain the magic rules, which are excellent. I'll well, yeah, the, the mat. Uh, we'll talk about the magic <laughs> supplement is amazing, and I love it yeah. so much. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, though, because that is brilliant. But you're you're a warrior. All you need to provide then before we start this adventure is what is your warrior's name? My warrior's. I am Volker. Volker, brilliant. And what is the name of your sword? Because this game is called Sword and Backpack. Your swords are important. What is the name of your sword? My sword's name is Wolfbane. Wolfbane. Excellent. That's perfect. Then we are ready to go. Volker is ready to go. Uh, so, you got your D20 to hand? I do. Great. So you have been... Now, I am playing... Look, no, nothing up my sleeves. I'm, I'm riffing this. And we'll see how far we can get in a game. Yeah. You, Volker, has been pursuing his quarry. He's looking for a uh, missing son of a merchant... Uh, to the nearby castle that overlooks the the, the village that he's come from. Uh, this castle is a great sort of tower, one major tower with a with an outlying wall built up on a cliff, uh, with a very not exactly a moat but more a roughly hewn ditch around it. And at the bottom of the ditch are rocks and spikes and all horrible things. And Volker, you've come, you've you've, you've followed the, the trail to this area, and ahead of you is the the, the gatehouse. 
The drawbridge is down, but it is in such neglect that it is partially in pieces. There are some beams that make it all the way across, but others have fallen into the ditch, and you are at the forest edge uh, look, looking out. You're keeping sort of your cover. Um, it is going into twilight, so it's, it's, a, it's a nice dark cover. Uh, nice dark light cover there are a few torches burning on the uh, on the castle walls uh what what do you want to do uh well first is the uh is the moon uh is a cloudy night is the moon hiding or is, is there plenty of shadows say, between me yes i'm gonna say the moon is bright but it is cloudy so at points for the majority, you are you've got cloud cover, but then ever so often there will be that slight break, and you know almost a spotlight will will hit. So you can't rely on the moon, you know, being obscured the whole time. Right. Uh, do I spy any kind of uh, guards or any kind of movement around the castle? Okay, so let's roll. Um, I'm going to say, really, you've got a 50-50 chance. Uh, I don't think... Has Volker got anything particularly... If you were rogue, I'd probably give you a better chance, but I think mm. this is just a 50-50. No, so, I, I got a 15, so no. 15, I, brilliant. Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, so 10 or more I wanted. You get that? Yes. In the gatehouse itself, you spy two figures wearing what appear to be robes with hoods up. Um, they don't appear to be moving much they're moving slightly they're not on patrol maybe they are talking but from this distance you can't see just very occasionally one will sort of be silhouetted but you think there's two people in the gatehouse itself all right well um i will uh i will proceed in the uh as 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 stealthily as i can closer mm -hmm. to see if i can see a route that i can take across this bridge if I cannot see a route, then I I plan on using the uh, the the chains or the ropes to kind of like get kind of like do go up that and then kind of maybe get onto the wall. Got you. Great idea. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, you can throw me a dice on this to see if you can pick one out. Um, and again, it's going to be just this one's nice and fifty fifty. This is just a perception, just to see if you can make your way. Across. I missed it. No. As far as you can see, that no. The only way, really, if you went across the drawbridge, you would be very exposed. You would literally almost have to walk balancing across one of the only beams that still makes it across. So you think you should be able to grab the chains and haul yourself up. That's that's what I plan to do, is I'll just pull myself up the chains slowly and, uh, and quietly. Yeah. I'm not going to give you a roll for doing the hauling. I think that is your, Brenner. You've done this before. You know, you've broken into many cults and many temples. Um, what I am going to make you roll, though, is a sort of stealth check. Okay. Um, and I don't think you're going to be that stealthy. I think, as a, if you were the, again, if you were the rogue, I'd make this easier. You're not going to be that stealthy. So I'm going to say you need a 13 or more. All right. I got a 16. You got a 16. Brilliant. Yep. As I say, you've done this before. You pull yourself up at one, mo at one point. It looks like something's about to come free from your backpack and you grab it before it falls. Uh, but you pull yourself up onto the top of the gatehouse, um, away from the two guards at the bottom. So on the top of the gatehouse, it is sort of a, a, a rectangular, uh, probably about 20 foot by 10 foot. Um, there is a figure here. There is one of these figures in a robe. Uh, however, they are neglecting their guard duty. They are sat with their back to you, warming their hands by a very small fire in the back right corner. Uh, their weapon is to one side. Um, you can't really make much out of them because to you it's just a sort of robed figure. And you see their hands, they, uh, they're rubbing them and putting them by the fire occasionally. But they're the only person up here. So this was the person on watch and they're obviously not doing their job. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, sneak up behind them. Mm -hmm. and put my arm around their neck and yeah. hold hold wolf wolfsbane to with them. the other hand okay uh, i'm gonna say this is easy this is again this is your kind of thing but there's always that chance there's always the hand solo stepping right. on the twig moment so uh, five or more of these 20 nice and really nice and simple yes yeah great yeah you do them you get them into a headlock bring wolfsbane across their neck um they try and shout but you you can you know you, you're able to squeeze them quiet um their hood does fall back and they are male with a shaved head and on the back of their head is a tattoo very roughly done 
very poorly done uh, of a scorpion. Um, now I'm going to make you do a knowledge check here before you roll it. Is Wolfbane? Is Wolfbane? Is Volker? Volker. I should see that if I was playing really, I'd have a bit of paper next sure. to it. Is Volker a native of this land, or is he a, a traveler who's come? Is he come looking for adventure, or is this a native thing? I, I think he is a native of this area. Right. Okay, that's great. See that we were discussing before we started playing is a kind of character development moment where we now know that and that is a factor i will take in because next time you go abroad you you can't then say yeah i'm also a native here as well <laughs> i <laughs> spent many I, youths I, in many different yeah. places so. <laughs> yeah a lot of holidays and this is why i sort of backpack has a notebook sort of mechanic but we'll talk about that afterwards okay so if you are a native this is an easy check uh, seven or more please on a d20 yes Right, you recognize this symbol. This is the cult of the scorpion. Uh, they are one of many evil cults that uh, sort of reside in the countryside. Occasionally, they are put down by the local sort of cleric and church organizations, but like nasty bugs, they always resume. And you suspect if they've kidnapped this merchant's son, it is probably for a reason of sacrifice or something like that. That's their MO is to is to capture a notable and then sacrifice them to their gods or god, which is a big scorpion. Yeah. Well, I don't hear the at least right now I'm not hearing any kind of uh sacrificial drum beats, so I'm going to No, nothing at the moment. No. But uh I will uh search him to see if he has any keys or any kind of like useful items that I can uh I don't need his sword because his sword is shit, but like, yeah, uh, anything else? Um, what's he got? I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna say he's not actually got much on him. Maybe some dried meat for rations, but nothing particularly. This, this is just he's been put up there to, to look out and he's done a bad job at that. You are guessing he's a youth for about 18, 19. Um, he's trying to break free but you are a much stronger uh warrior than him so yeah you put your arm around his neck and he's scrabbling um but no he appears to have very little on him other than a few a few um you know tracks which uh which depict the scorpion king i just need to know where the son of the merchant is and i let he, i I, I, yeah. I let up just a little bit but the point mm -hmm. the point goes poking a little harder into his cheek. Yeah, great. Um, I'm going to make a roll for that. And the roll more is, do you successfully intimidate me enough? So you're a warrior. You've taken him by surprise. You've got a sword poking into him. Anything but a one. Anything but a one on oh. this. All right, ten. Okay, boo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're successful. Yeah, he squeaks out the well. The well. The well. All right. And then I clobber him over the head with the back butt of my sword. Yeah, great. And he goes down, crumples down, and he's done. Now, are you going to grab his robes? Yes. Grab his robes, Brilliant. and then I'm going to yeah. use his robes, and I'm going to try and sneak to the well if I can see it. If I can see it, I'm assuming it's in the courtyard. But Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, looking over the sides, you get you cover yourself in the robes, and then looking out over the side, you see that, yes, in the center of the courtyard, there is a well with almost like a fog or a mist coming out of it. Um, there doesn't appear to be anyone else out here. You look along the walls and you see there's occasional guards, but these ones are doing their job and are actually looking outwards. So you could probably lower yourself down maybe uh, because your backpack definitely has rope in it. Right. Um, so yeah, I think you could probably lower yourself down and get into the courtyard. Yes. So I will, I will, um, yeah, put the robe on, uh, and then I will, uh, it's awkwardly undersized for him. Yes. Uh, and I will then wearing a ba backpack over the robe. Yes. I will, I will then, uh, try to, uh, sneak into the, uh, the courtyard. Great. Okay. Give me a roll then. And I'm going to say seven or more because you've, you've, you've disguised yourself. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. Yeah, you make your way down. The the mist that's coming from the well is sort of thickening quite a lot, almost becoming a fog uh, as you get to it. And But you do hear some plaintive cries from within the well. You hear a very weak, help me, anyone? I will, uh, I will, uh, I will take, I'll throw a rope down mm -hmm. and I will, I, come on, come on. 
there's a moment there's, there's almost like a quite a loud gasp when you, when the rope first goes down and then you feel a hand you see you sort of feel the tug and looking down you see a figure coming towards they they it's the noble son they, they are still in some of their finery they've got one of those flat caps with a feather in it uh, but they've obviously been quite abused they've got black eyes and you know they're, they're not a good time in the bottom of a well mud drips off them as they pull themselves up and as they get to the the lip of the well and sort of you reach to pull them up you hear a laughing and turning round there is a circle of scorpion cultists with wicked looking copeshes the curved sort of Egyptian swords drawn, and you realise you may have just walked into a trap. So there we go. That that's it. That that's it. That's perfect. Just, perfect. You know, that's the little scene there, and that's exactly it. The rules were there. I'll give you a number. You you know, you sort of chat through, okay, I've got this, I've disguised myself. And it's simple as that. And we managed to tell a story the same as a DD adventure. That you know what I mean? Like the, the rules do fall out the way and you realise what you want to tell. Is the action the adventure kind of thing? It's very. Could you tell I've watched Conan again recently? Yeah, by the way, well, clearly, but it's the best. Yeah. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, it's we the we best, all know so. it's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was really great. It there was not like, you know, oh yeah, I'm clearly warrior. I'm good at what. That's mm. that's the thing I think that's brought over a little bit from the narrative side, from the narrative control side of things, the the yeah. indie side of things is like, I'm the warrior and I'm good at what I do. Right. Yeah. That's that, there's no assumption that these stats are telling me like, oh, I'm kind of shit at this anyways. And I have yeah. to like, you know, it, yeah. it, it's that negotiation. Now, you could play it more OSR where, yeah, you're yeah. kind of like average or shit at most things. Mm. And then you're going to have to You've got a couple of good things. Yeah. Right. You're trying to figure that out. Right. It, yeah. Th and that is up to the game master. It's not the game that's telling yeah. you that this is brutal and. Uh, you know. Absolutely, and a thing that's missing, and I say missing, I'm really glad that it's missing. No hit points, no yes. damage. There's nothing like that. What would happen in the combat is if you get hit, then the game's master just thinks about that. You've been stabbed. Now you're bleeding. You know you're going to be at minuses for the rest of it. You don't need to think, oh, I've got this amount of ablative armor before I start taking wounds. You know, you really have to start taking things into account. But you do. You naturally do. Actually keeping things in account, you start picturing the character a lot more, I think, with what they're doing rather than what you've, you know, no, as I say, hit points being a strange example because you don't have them in this. The game, GM could could say, all right, roll to dodge this sword and you roll a one. That's it. Yep. You know, sword's gone into you and you're down. That's it. Unfortunately, that's a life in an adventure. Admittedly, that game master probably is like, okay, you're not dead, but you're down. Now you're captured. Yeah. That's a better story yeah. than just me killing you before the end of the it, game, right? 100%, yeah. Unless you've been forewarned and it's, you know, this is the prime swordsman in the Empire and you're some right. idiot and you're, you go and start a fight because players are allowed to be warned and need to be accountable for their actions. Yes, and, and I, I think that this is a really interesting space to play in. Mm -hmm. um i i think that this sword and backpack like we were mentioning the uh yes. the the magic supplement right because yes. the the it's only two pages and they're very small mm -hmm. pages and they're cut into little tiny i, I didn't like the way it flowed to read it but if you yes, paste it into a book it was yeah would be fine but yes. the 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 uh, magic supplement is fire because <laughs> to do magic in this game you have yes. to say the magic words yeah. And do the magic movements, yeah, and maintain and them. If if it's a spell that has to be maintained, you have to maintain the magic movements while you're yeah. doing it. Now, yeah. yes, that is silly Monty Python esque, uh, you know, kind of like mimicry at the table. Yes, yeah. I get that, but it's funny shit, especially really if you're playing good. online. Because yeah. <laughs> you just got one very guy much. doing jazz hands. <laughs> yeah, very much. I like, there's a spell where you have to count, but you have to count one, ten, two, nine, three, eight, oh. and, and you have to do it on your fingers as you do it. And I kind of love that because magic is crazy and magic is weird. And it is that almost back to that Vancean style of these weirdos with the big hat and the, the, the smoke rings and stuff. And I think... I yes, I agree, and I think some players may really just be like, no, I, I'm not doing that. Well, then you, know, you get uh, to play the warrior or the rogue, yeah, or the rogue or the wizard. I will play the wizard, and you can go yeah. sawed off. Like yeah, <laughs> I will do, 
I'm a I'm a silly. I was never in drama, but yeah. I have a I have a show where I put my face on the internet for yeah. reasons I don't even understand. So like, yeah. <laughs> I'm perfectly I mean, willing you, to do something dumb with my hands. While yeah, I'm doing you can thing. pick them if you don't want to be silly. Pick your spell book how you want it to be. I think one's just a click of the fingers. Right. That's not silly. You know, that's not silly. That's kind of cool. Pr- pretty grand, yeah. It's like... Yeah, and it puts you into that character immediately. You know, it's the Thanos thing. You know, you just play spell of de- spell of destruction. Cool. You know, you still have to roll to see if it happens, but you have to make sure you do the thing or you don't get to roll, which I think it really does just let the stories flow so well, so much, that you just tell these very Conan, very Fafid and Grey Mouser, very Michael Elric stories. You know, you can just get on with it and build. So, as you mentioned before, the sword and backpack, how it's done is you have these pages and it says you should cut them out and then paste them into a small notebook and it recommends the moleskin ones. And all the other pages are for you to write stuff in and chronicle your adventures and make your story. So you would say, okay, he is from this land, you know, he's encountered the scorpion cult before. And you end up with these lovely physical little mementos your character sheet there's no guide sheet the character sheet is the notebook of your adventures which is amazing you know i love that right and and when you say something like i am a uh i'm from this place right that that mm-hmm. then spirals into you maybe like while you're waiting for your turn or whatever maybe writing a, a, a thing about where you're from or whatever like, yeah. it, what- it gives you something to do other than stack dice if somebody's going off on a tangent absolutely and you are encouraged to because yeah that, that maybe the people from that region are known for their fiery temperament and you just write that down next time you're in a social scene you've got that you know really it is a storytelling device but you've got to also keep the game and i do think that's essential you've got to keep those dice rolls i'm annoyed you didn't fail a single dice roll but there you go <laughs> well I, look i'm just i like i said i'm following the die this die yeah, happens no, and you have to yeah well i did roll keep... i did no i did fail one it was to get across you the bridge right but it bridge, wasn't yeah. it wasn't the one you wanted to me to no. fail which was to be silent and not get jumped immediately 100 100 yeah and you know as i say rules wise if you'd have been the rogue i would have given you an easier role to climb the thing i would have given you an easier role to spot things you know just and you just play it like that, that but a harder role to grab the guy you know just just as simple as that yeah is and i i could the only downside to this i can see mm. is this is not going to be the, a great first role-playing game if you don't know no. about fantasy tropes right this is this is <sighs> yeah. like uh, uh, for people that are kind of sick of all these rules, they don't want to do something different because yeah. it's not that kind of troping. I, I 100% agree with you on that. I would say the ideal path would almost be play 5e, play OSR, play Power by the Apocalypse, play this. You almost want to taste each of the different types and then just go into this because I agree. It's the, it's the, the best chefs cook the simplest things and that's the best way of doing it unless there are kids i think would love this i think this would be a great system for kids right just pick the die up and tell me the number like that's and then i'm just doing all the arbitration there's no numbers on a page to confuse anybody no because they're willing to go with you on anything this is this is the problem with dealing with adults is they're a lot of times not willing to just go along with things yeah so yeah i i agree with kids would be fantastic gives them a reason to pick up those stupid cut you know the weird dice that dad plays with kind of thing you know he gives them that excuse and it gives them to look at numbers kids are smart they can work out what a number is you know and yeah if you say oh you need a 20 they know what that means you know that becomes oh and yeah you're right if you go into this as a right let's all sit down and play an rpg you might just scare people away yeah because some people like structure a lot of people like D and i'm just hitting on D and here and there's absolutely no shade on D and D. is there's a reason it's market all the leader. fantasy 20 but, d20 games it's basically yeah. the same thing just... yeah people like the what am i gonna do on my turn i can do a move and i can do an action you know it almost people like that structure fine i don't but that's just because i played these for so long now that i, I don't want to think about what how many five inch squares i move Right. This is very refreshing for those of us who have played for entirely too long. We should have yeah. quit a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. That we have podcasts about these things and we have we have been <laughs> thinking, t-shirts. We have everything. t-shirts like literally like I'm wearing my Brilliant. my new full Excellent. metal RPG t-shirt that uh that we had made that is in the old TSR logo style. So uh good. plug plug plug. 
Uh, <laughs> but yes, I really appreciate this, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, we were talking with a few other people to try and get something yeah. going once uh, timing permits, and we were yes. trying to get people that have a lot of things to do together. <laughs> yes, but yes, we're going to try and get some Blackmore games played. You know, let's go back. Let's go back to the beginning. Let's play FKR and Blackmore and see how that goes. And and you said, now that I read this, I need to punish you all with this because this oh, is Jesus not good. <laughs> oh my God. Module DA1, DA2. Jesus wept. Oh. Uh, it's like the Bible with bad writing. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's a double yeah. bad writing. Anyways. Yeah. So yeah, we'll enjoy that. But yes, we'll we'll, we'll report back once yeah. we've had a few bigger adventures. Once we've had that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. Rob, Great. thank yeah. you for coming and helping explain this thank and running you very the scene. Much. And yeah, no I'm super excited about getting to play this some more. And yeah. uh it's it will be good to see some more Ring of Fire. I hear you're you're adding to the cast, but I'm I'm not gonna. I'm yeah, just so teasing. Ra- Ra- I'm just Ra- Ra- Ring of Fire is the uh, Johnny Cash song. Sorry, I sorry. I love <laughs> I love that song too. But great song. Realm of cover. Yeah, that would be great. We could. James a cover. Ring of Fire. I never knew that. Oh, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's a uh, yes. Realm of Fire is yes. is coming back Moving at back. you. You should definitely, if you like uh, miniature games mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, GW Stripe and others, then you mm-hmm. should definitely uh, listen to that. Uh, yes. I really appreciate it. And it's the only one I actually enjoy listening to. So, Good. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll be we'll branching out from GW soon. So, uh, yes. Keep your ears paid for I'm your favorite. I'm super excited game. about that. So, except for, except for Battletech and War Machine. No. Not yeah, covering them. Yeah, do, do the other not Battletech uh, classic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, no if you uh, are uh, listening to this and you're like, how can I do more with Full Metal RPG? Go to fullmetalrpg.com. It's our link tree. You can see where you can come to our Discord. You can see where you can buy these. It's a sweet t shirt. I, I, I'm really showing good. this now on video, even though this is yeah. primary. It's Love amazing. Ken it. uh, uh, Duquette. Uh, I've, I've never said his last name out loud. <laughs> uh, but he is an amazing artist, and he's a good, good fan and good, good friend who did this art of a Ravenloft uh, uh, domain that we did last season. He did some art yeah. for it, and I put it on a T-shirt, and I'm wearing it, and it is now one of my favorite uh, Fullmetal RPG T-shirts. It's, because it's really it was, fucking cool. Because it's the old school TSR logo before they kind of went worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, nice. I'll yeah, really good. And uh, patreon.com slash fullmetalrpg. Uh, we have a few uh, new patrons, which was exciting to see, even though we were a little lax uh, last uh, month. There's another show on this uh, feed called Fo- Fortune Seekers and Gravediggers. With our good friend uh, Gabe and Malcolm, and they talk about OSR exclusively. Uh, we're going to get another episode from them here in another couple weeks. So probably about one episode from them a month. And I'm trying to, you know, get these out every couple of weeks. But due to the real world coming back and having to travel <laughs> multiple times, Ugh, very annoying, super the worst. Yeah. Um. I uh, I could not do more more episodes this month, but uh, coming back and doing that, and then um, Patreon shoutouts. Kayla Balancefer has joined the, the Zealots, and we appreciate her coming on and bringing her knowledge, but also joining the Patreon, as well as uh, Jeffrey. Uh, fantastic i can't believe you guys you have joined to help help uh continue this show really appreciate everybody that can that can uh donate i really appreciate that and uh it means a lot to me uh i have uh some i have some things i i look i have a giant bag of full metal rpg dice that i am going to be sending to patrons soon but 
I gotta, you know, I gotta figure out. I got all the mailers. I gotta get that figured out. But I really, uh, they're really cool dice. Uh, I will, uh, I will be sending those to patrons only. Thank you, Rob, for uh, coming on the show and uh, hanging out. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Rob. Right.